on 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton. And my guest is the National Director of Neighbour Australia. Now, that's N-A-Y-B-A. I'll get him to explain it in just a couple of moments' time. But he joins me in the studio. G'day, Nick McKay. How are you, Nick? Hey, Clayton. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you in. Uh, So, first of all, I love that it is pronounced neighbour, and that's sort of deliberately done. But what does N-A-Y-B-A mean? Well, it means neighbour, um, <laughs> as in love your neighbour. Right. Uh, but the reason that it's uh, it's spelt phonetically um, yes. and in, or intentionally misspelt, it's not because we didn't graduate high school. Uh, <laughs> it is because we're part of a global uh, network and we wanted something that worked in languages other than English and also to avoid a stash with our American friends about whether neighbour has a U or not. So Perfect. we figured, you know, that's the best way to make peace. I love um, it. But I love yes. it. Just create your own word. That, and, exactly and, uh, right. Uh, exactly right. But yes, as the name as the name suggests, we exist to help churches love their neighbour. Yep. And so the, it, it is what it says. I love it. Yeah. So um, clearly from that, it, it's a, a Christian-based organisation in terms of you know, helping love your neighbour. And, and even perhaps if you've never gone to a church and you're listening, you probably would have heard that phrase, you know, as uh, that's a big key part of what it means to, to live a Christian life. Uh, take us through what it means in terms of a, a, a global context. Where did it actually start? And then how, I suppose, big is this? And in what sort of countries is it currently running? It's a great question. So it started about 10 years ago in the UK, and it was formerly known as the Cinnamon Network. Um, that took a lot more explaining. Um, yes. So neighbour is easier in, in many ways. Uh, but we're now... Uh, have presence in about nine or ten different countries, I think, in uh, the in Europe, uh, the US, UK, South Africa, uh, and Australia has been going for about three years. So I came as, on as the inaugural national director in mid 2020. Interesting time to start any organisation, yeah. uh, but yeah, we've we've just seen amazing, amazing um, doors open, and also I think it's been a really interesting time to work in this area uh, in the midst of the pandemic and and beyond we saw the extent of the social needs and the issues that many people face you know in their in their ordinary lives some of which might have been hidden previously but mm. but but have been very much brought to light uh, and also in the midst of that i think we saw beautiful examples of people stepping up and responding to those need, needs including churches and local church communities and so it's been a really interesting opportunity yeah. uh, for us, particularly in the Australian context, to think about what does it look like for us to love our neighbour and particularly for, for local churches, what could that look like and how can we help? Yeah, um, I, I'm going to ask sort of one of those more bigger questions, sure. ideas at the moment, but often when somebody sets up an organisation to do good, they say, okay, so our organisation is going to do this and it's going to help these people. <laughs> Neighbour sort of does this weird thing where it says, okay, well, we're going to set up an organization that's going to hopefully help other organizations help other people. <laughs> so um, why that? Like, where did that come from and that desire? Because, you know, yeah. my understanding is that and we're going to talk about the value of it and some of the success stories of those. But um, why that sort of system um, rather than, well, actually, this is the group of people we, we're going to help. We, you know, if it was a church, you could say, well, we're going to help pastors do whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very broad on purpose. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, we have been and, and we're intentionally established as a gift to the church um, and a gift to the local church in particular. Why that? I think it's because local churches do a lot and often they do a lot with not very much. Yeah. Uh, and... There is, as you mentioned earlier, that idea of love of neighbor is so core to our faith. You know, the call is to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Uh, But sometimes knowing how to do that can be quite challenging. 
particularly in a, even in a local context for a local church leader or pastor to think, you know, who who is my neighbor in this community? And if I'm to love them and, and if we as a church community to love them, what does that look like? And how do we know that we're actually making a difference as opposed to just doing something that makes us feel good but may not be making a real impact in their lives? And how is that different or similar to what the church down the road is doing um, or uh, or in the next suburb or in the next um, the next city or state? And so Neighbor exists really to help not only resource and encourage and equip local churches but also to connect the broader national church and dare I say even the global church and think about like what are the unique roles that that we have to play and how can how can we all be pushing in the same direction so that the work that we're doing is as beautiful as it can be um, and has as much impact as it possibly can yeah Yeah. um to I suppose knuckle down to some examples of the past that have occurred so you sort of mentioned a few things right so part of it is to help connect and go oh okay so people are doing this but you said resources said these sort of things. Yeah. Are we talking that um, neighbor, uh, you know, raises funds to then give to church to do something, or is it, hey, actually, we've we've got some great research that you can use to do it. Is it we could connect this person up with that person to visit your church to like? What's some of the practical ways that that actually happens? Yeah, so there are three main ways that we seek to help churches, and most of the work that we do for churches is is entirely free. Um, the the nature of being most gifts don't cost money, yes. um, and so we try to we try we try to provide our services for free wherever we can. But there's three main areas where, where we do that. One is around um, uh, at what we call a menu of recognised projects. So that's essentially like reviewing and identifying examples of best practice in church-led community engagement and trying to find what are those bright sparks, what are those examples of what it looks like to love your neighbor well um, across a range of different um, social issues and in different contexts. And how can we certify those and share them and promote them with churches across the country so that they can uh, take them on themselves if they'd like to and they don't have to reinvent the wheel in their desire to serve those in need. On your website, I, I saw one that was about how do you have great conversations with those who are struggling with mental health? Yes. Things like that. So, hey, we've chest- tested this process or whatever and it seems to be really really great and working well that's absolutely yeah. yeah so we have projects like uh, kids hope which is it, yep. which just helps link uh, churches with local primary schools to to provide mentoring one-to-one mentoring for vulnerable kids um sanctuary mental health ministries is, is a um, is a recognized project of ours um the coach program care for ex-offenders so how can churches church communities particularly welcome those who are returning mm. from time in, um, in prison um and so there's just a whole lot of incredible work that's being done yeah, um and but it's hard again for in the local church context can be hard to know like particularly for church leaders i think they're being um approached quite regularly with different opportunities and many of them are wonderful but it can be hard to know like which is best for me and what actually works and so part of our work is trying to take that time to review it and then recommend the types of projects that people might want to take on so that's one area the second is that we actually do a lot of work around measurement uh we have something called the neighbor impact order and that's a neighbor impact audit rather and that is about measuring the collective social impact of the faith community in a particular geographic region. Mm-hmm. So we've done seven of these um, across the east coast of the country so far. We're about to do a statewide audit of Tasmania. And essentially, so we've done audits, for example, in Whitehorse, just down the road from here, uh, one in Frankston. And it's about trying to put facts and figures to the stories of the work that 
the faith community as a whole. So that is Christian churches, but also other faith faith groups as well. Um, and you know, what is the actual? What's the work that's happening? And what's the value of that mm. work? Because I think we can be really good at telling stories of the impact in individual lives. And that's really important. We need yep. to do that. But also, how can we back that up with facts and figures that helps us to know that we are actually making a difference, and also helps to tell the story to others who might um, be more used to seeing things presented in a different way, you know, especially local council, business community, yep. others who are like, just give me the data, right? Yep. Like yep. what are the issues that you're addressing? What are the, who are the people that you're reaching and what's the dollar value of the time and the other resources? Yep. And so it's been beautiful as we've seen, like the, as we've done all of these audits um, uh, across the country to, to see not only the value of the work being done, you know, millions and millions of, of, of dollars worth of social impact value, but also then the, those stories that, that do demonstrate the, the transformational impact in the lives of people who are being reached um, by churches and, and faith groups in their local community. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, we're going to come back in a couple of minutes' time and talk specifically about a, a few key points that um, I, I know Neighbour here in Australia is working sure. through and that anyone who's listening can get their local community church to, involved in. Before we do get to that, so yeah. just that was a tease on what's coming up, but... Um, <laughs> If I go, oh, look, I think there's a great initiative that I'm seeing that neighbours should be looking at mm. and checking or this is something I'm doing. Is there a way that people actually get in touch to say, hey, I think this is something maybe you guys should look at? Like, is that something you're encouraging people to come and let you know about or is it more, well, we'll go out and find it? How, yeah, how does that work? it's actually both. Um, so we do a lot of outreach, and um, and Tamara from our team is amazing in doing research, not just in Australia but but uh, globally as well. Yes. Uh, and a couple of the Australian projects have now made their way to the Global Neighbour Recognised Project menu, and vice versa. Uh, so that's really lovely to see. But uh, we'd we'd be more than um, uh, welcoming of people contacting us because we also don't know you know yep. all the things that are happening, and through our audits we're discovering these new initiatives all the time. And often it's, you know, smaller church communities who might not otherwise um, be recognized and might not get to tell their stories and are doing incredible work, often with very little resources, but we can learn from them and we can share their experiences uh, with others. And in some cases, we've identified projects that are brilliant, but aren't quite at that place of being able to replicate uh, so that they can be run by, you know, 10 other churches or 100 or 1,000 other churches across the country. And so we then take those projects and almost uh, walk alongside them over a period of time and say, here's our advice based on what we see from other um, initiatives of how you could go from delivering this great program in a single local church to something that can be shared with the broader church. Um, so yeah, by all means, if people jump on our website, um, neighbor, dot org forward slash au, um, you've got contact details there and um, we'd love to hear um, about the things that we might not already be aware of. Yeah, wonderful. The National Director of uh, Neighbor Australia, Nick McKay, is my guest. We're going to be back in a couple of moments time to talk specifically about some of the uh, initiatives around some key issues that Neighbour is currently working on right here in Australia. So back with Nick in just a couple of moments' time here on 89.9 The Light. On 89.9 The Light, you're in conversation with Clayton and the National Director of uh, Neighbour, N-A-Y-B-A. I just keep saying that, so if you're ever Googling it, you Thank know you. exactly what it is. Uh, Nick McKay is with me. Uh, it's a global network which is committed to resourcing the local church with the practical and proven resources that can actually help transform local neighborhoods and really how to, as churches, love their neighbor is the idea of this. And 
looking worldwide and then bringing things in nationally and looking at things nationally and taking it worldwide. And it's a, a great idea of how it actually goes about working. Um, Nick, let's talk specifically about some of the initiatives that um, is happening here in Australia as part of the Australian arm of neighbour and, and some of those key issues because I know there's a there's a number that are being really looked at at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you said, Clayton, we exist to help churches love their neighbour and we do that in a range of different ways, whether it's identifying examples of best practice, um, different initiatives and projects that can be shared um, across the church or doing measurement work to try and get a sense of what is working, what's the value um, of the of the time and resources that churches are putting into loving their neighbour in the community. But then there's another area of work that we are beginning to, to really push into, and that's about ways in which uh, we might help to engage and mobilize the wider church on key social issues that we face as a nation, especially where we feel like there's a unique and an important role for uh, for churches and people of faith um, to, to be involved in. And so we've begun to do work on issues like mental health, uh, domestic violence, and then most recently, uh, the welcome and settlement of refugees. Uh, and so it's it's actually really exciting. About two weeks ago now, uh, we launched something called the Welcome Home Project, uh, which is an initiative that, uh, that Neighbours helped to develop over the last 12 months. And it's specifically about helping churches to welcome the stranger um, and, and to welcome refugee families into local communities. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually dovetailing quite nicely with some of the, effectively, the, the Australian government work around refugee. Can you talk to us about how the links are, are working there? Yeah, spot on. So, I mean, as as you're probably aware, I mean, the world is facing an unprecedented refugee crisis at the moment. We're talking about millions of people uh, displaced through uh, war, famine, persecution. I think I think the latest statistics, it's something like a hundred million people displaced mm. across the world. And I mean, these are these are people, not just numbers, right? Yeah, We're talking yeah, about yeah. mothers and fathers and children who uh, are now in desperate need of somewhere to call home because the only place that they knew of as home is no longer safe um, yes. for them to be in. And so, in that context, it's really it's actually really encouraging. The the Australian government recently um, announced the development of something called the Community Refugee Sponsorship Program. And we see that this is actually an opportunity to bring hope in the midst of this crisis. It's um, the community re- um, sponsorship model is actually based on the Canadian model, uh, which has been running for the last 30 years, incredibly successfully, over 300,000 refugees settled in Canada, mm. um, many of those through um, faith communities as well. Mm. Uh, but it's a very kind of simple and practical model because I think when you hear those stats about the extent of the crisis, yeah. we can be like, what could we possibly do, right, that's actually going to make a practical difference? Um, And how do we um, respond positively rather than just going to cynicism or lament? And there's a a role for that. But, um, you know, what can we do um, to respond? And I think community sponsorship is one of those opportunities. It's about uh, encouraging small groups of ordinary people, five or more people, to get together and basically commit to welcome and help settle one refugee family in their local community and super practical everything from being there at the airport to welcome uh, welcome them as they arrive uh, to helping them find temporary accommodation uh, getting set up with Centrelink and access to Medicare finding schools for kids and job opportunities for parents Uh, and it's just been beautiful even to hear the stories of um, of churches and groups that are already involved in this um, uh, and have been over the past months and and, and last year uh, to see, yeah, the the stories of fam- these families arriving and just 
welcoming them with open arms and and this sense of almost almost like welcoming long lost relatives even though they've never met them before yes, yes. Uh, such as the is the level of connection and it's something that i'm so positive about it as a as an initiative because i think it's about mu- mutual transformation it's not just about us here in Australia with so many resources and largely living a very kind of prosperous life, though there are plenty of people here doing it tough. But uh, it's not just about us offering something of value to, to those who are fleeing war and persecution, but it's about the difference and the transformation that comes from being in relationship with these remarkable people yeah. um, from other parts of the world. And many of the stories that we, we're hearing already is about not just how the lives of refugee families have been cha- changed and transformed, but how the lives of these groups who have signed up for the community sponsorship program yes, are being yes, transformed. Yes. And so that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love that. And something that is um, taking that m- that absolute huge problem like you said down to something that can actually be done this is what i can do from here as we go forward yeah um in terms of people connecting in with what neighbors doing is it is it the idea of hey talk to your pastor and as a church you go and do it or are you encouraging anybody to go to the website have a look at the audit reports and those sorts of things and and the ideas like like how how are you actually hoping to achieve the the aims of what neighbors about Mm, so the Specific to the work around uh, welcoming and helping resettle refugees, uh, anybody can get can can uh, can be part of the community sponsorship program, and there's a whole entity that's been set up by the Australian government. But what we've done through the Welcome Home Project, which is an initiative Neighbours helped to to develop in partnership with a number of other organisations from across the church, is that the Welcome Home Project seeks to be a, a pathway, a specific pathway for Christians and churches to engage with community sponsorship, uh, because we feel like there's a unique role uh, for the church to play um, that we can actually and that this is a unique opportunity um, for for people of faith to be to demonstrate the tangible love of Jesus um, Mm. by welcoming families into their local communities and so we've developed a bunch of resources and tools specific for churches now that might come uh, so it might be a particular church leader who hears of the welcome home project and says yep awesome I want to put this out to my congregation and let's see if we can get involved but equally church leaders have got a bunch on their plate yeah, that's right. All right? and so if it's, if it's just a, a small group of, of, um, of five congregants who hear about it and actually say ah oh, we'll take this on we'll do this ourselves and doesn't mean that the broader church can't get involved yes. um, and it might be in small but still powerful ways like the family arrives and we need a toaster yes, right for right. their new place yes. and so there's opportunities I think at different levels yep. for people to get involved. Um, but through, um, so we've set up a whole website separate from Neighbour called, um, it's welcomehome.org.au. And on that, it's got all of the information and resources about the Welcome Home Project. So anyone can go there, whether you're an individual or a church, check it out and see if it's something that um, that they might like to get involved in. Yeah, love yeah. it. Um, finally, I suppose, um, if somebody's listening and going, okay, I'm inspired here. <laughs> But I, I'm not quite sure what to do. Like I, I get the idea of what this is, and what's a what's an encouragement I suppose you can give to somebody to say, okay, um, is is it just start reading? Is it just start seeing? Is it just start doing? What's the encouragement from your perspective of saying, okay, well, I do really want to love my neighbour well. Mm. How do I go about doing that? Wow. Thanks for asking such an easy question. No, sure. To, to it's the up, final it's great. one. So this is what yeah. people will remember. So you better get it right, Nick. Uh, <laughs> Here's here's what I here's what I will say. I think that um, the love of neighbour is something that that churches, as both kind of individual congregations and communities, as well as the broader church, 
do engage with beautifully and need to continue to, and we want to continue to support that. But I think that we are all individually called to love our neighbor. And a couple of things that, that come to mind as you ask that question. One is that uh, the tale of the Good Samaritan tells us that our neighbor is everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're wondering, like, who is our neighbor? Who do we love? Um, the, the, be- the beautiful opportunity and the challenge is that it's everyone. And something that I think I'm beginning to realize the more work I do, particularly in this area, and just kind of my own journey and walk with God, is that I think we're, we've each been, as we've each been uniquely created, I think we're also uniquely placed to be able to show love to, to our neighbor and to perhaps to unique neighbors in different ways. And I think a lot of that is, is linked to our own stories and journeys. And so, you know, for me, part of my story is that, um, I lost a child 10 years ago, our firstborn. I've had my own kind of journey with, with mental health and, 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 um, and what happens with suffering and grief and healing and all of that. What I've found, uh, in beautiful ways is that I can, I'm perhaps more able or more easily able to identify with and connect with others who might be experiencing a similar pain or be in a similar place and be able to speak to and encourage them. And maybe that's part of the way that, that I'm called to love my neighbor. But your story might be different and it probably will be. And so my sense is that if we can all actually capture what's the uniqueness of our story and the way that we've been created and who are the people that that enables us to love and to serve and to speak to in practical ways, really tangible ways, or really intangible ways, because it's all important and all powerful. But if we can kind of get that sense in everyday life, like who who is it that you're putting my path and who's come across my path that I might be able to love that nobody else can? And if we each do that, then I think the world is going to be an even better place. I'm glad I didn't give you any prep because that was a beautiful answer, Nick. Thank you so much. What an inspiring way, boy, uh, to get out there and start uh, changing the world with what God has put in each of us. That is just beautiful. Thanks so much. Um, Once again, to connect in with Neighbor, org slash au. That's the one for the, uh, the website. Or um, as you mentioned before, welcomehome.org.au. That's correct. As well, all the other options. Nick, thanks again for your time. It's been wonderful uh, spending a bit of time with you. Thank you, Clayton. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks thanks very much. The National Director of Neighbour Australia, Nick McKay, my guest here on 89.9 Delight.